Welcome back, man, to another great episode of Comedians in Bed. And as always, man, I got another good one here for you today. He's very funny. He's very hilarious, man. And not only that, he's one of the best light skins out there today, man. He got that eyebrow arch and everything that he does. I'm so excited to have the wonderful, the very talented and hilarious Sean Grant here on the show today, everybody. Yeah, hey man, I appreciate that, Todd. Thank you for having me, bro. That's love, man. Hey man, I'm, you 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 right there, man. You, come on, man. you got the beard. You got the beard that connects. You feel me? Like I can't make mine. I put a little do grow right here, but I still got patches. So I like how you you know what I'm saying. Man, you it, hold it, it down took, for light skin beard. It took a while, man. They they think I'm Somalian out here, man. Oh, because <laughs> it grows. It grows. It grows on my neck. So. Oh, they like they rub on they rub up on your neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, what kind of girl is it? Is it a big Ethiopian or, or Somali? Like, oh no, like, nah, like exactly. I'm saying, like they think I look, uh, they think I'm Somalian because my beard oh, is on I'm my thinking, neck. Yeah, no, it's, it's weird because there's a big population. I don't know about Columbus, but we was out like on the East Coast, mm -hmm. and it's mad Ethiopian women. They the baddest. I don't know my wife here and shit, but <laughs> they're the finest. They they fine as hell. We don't got a, we don't got a lot of them out here in LA. Yeah, man, we have a lot of Somalians and Ethiopians out here, man. Kind of like Ooh. Minnesota, like we got a right. Lot of, that yeah. shocked me too. I yeah. said, "What the hell y'all doing?" Yeah, they taking yeah. over. They they almost went like on every side of the town down here, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. But I like how they move. I like how they move together, though. Right, right. Yeah. That's how yeah. it's supposed to be, man. That way we we you know it's consolidated. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But hey, you got you got Asian in you too. Like I see. Nah, little, nah, nah. Little, okay. <laughs> that, that's messed up, bro. That's you know, not because no, they got every type of feature in Africa. Like yeah, that's what yeah, people don't realize. They yeah. got all kind of eyes and every kind of nose. I think so, like when I was little, uh, my eyes were a little bit more slanted, and people call me Asian, but I don't think I have Asian in me. But right now, I'm just high. So, well, oh, that's even better. That's even better. <laughs> That's why I was yeah. laughing, yeah. <laughs> no, that's word, man. I appreciate you having me, bro. Yeah, man. So had you did you grow up in California? No, no, no. I'm from Miami originally. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Been out here about 12 years though. Okay. Yeah, man. What was life like in uh growing up in Miami? Miami is, you know what? A lot of people have misconceptions about it. I never really went to the beach. You know, it's I grew up in Carroll City, like the north uh of Miami part, like you know, and you know, mostly like just regular, I don't want to say like they're but regular black people because then you have like like Dominicans stay in a certain area and, you know, Cubans mostly over there and then white people and, you know, so it's kind of, it's not a melting pot the way people would think. You feel me? It's, mm -hmm. it's like kind of separated. I didn't really, you know, interact with too many white people, never met any Asian people, um, you know, growing up or in my schooling until I went to like college, until I went to Florida State, you know? So yeah, man, it's kind of a, and I never can't swim. That always shocks people. You can swim? Heck nah. I mean, oh, it's, weird. Okay. it's weird. Like I can like, like I can do the motions and stuff, but I don't go nowhere. So I just tell people. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm too old to learn. I feel stupid. It'd be like learning karate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you get past 30, it's like that's just dumb, man. You yeah. can't swim. I can't swim. I do want to learn those. I feel like if I have kids, I feel bad if I can't get in there and get them. Oh. Like <laughs> <laughs> you just you just on the shore, just shout, just swim. <laughs> hey, somebody get that nigga. Somebody get him. Somebody man. get him. I told it. I told it. You cussing them out. That's what happens when black parents can't like help their kid. They just yell. Like, I told a stupid ass. That's what I tell you. That's what you get. Like, that's just the powerlessness to help. <laughs> I'm just powerless to help you right now. So you gotta like <laughs> that's how it be, man. It's crazy, man. Yeah, my mom, she never was a cusser, man, but she definitely would no. make you like feel bad for like like little stuff. My mom be like, why don't you talk? I'm like, because I don't want to talk. Like, what are you like? Why are you? <laughs> Why you on my back you about to, it? Like, she wanted you to be more conversational, like just yeah. open conversation. <laughs> yeah, Dang. she did. She did. I was real. I mean, I'm still kind of quiet, but yeah, I was yeah. on mute as a kid. I wasn't talking to nobody. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Dang. So, it was, so it's weird now that I, you know, do comedy. You know. Right, right. But I mean, that's a lot of uh, introspection. You got a lot of observation. 
Yeah. And that's that's to me is probably a little more uh you know like helpful in a comedy in a in good comedy writing and, and performance just to to sit back. Like I was the opposite, man. My mama couldn't get me to shut the hell up, man. I had to, <laughs> and she would cuss. My mama was your mom real Christian? Like, was she very religious? We would go to church, but she wasn't living right. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> she just wouldn't cut. It was just everything else. She was out there, but okay. But but That's then what. she but then she got with like a uh, she got with a sugar daddy. And, uh, he helped turn her life around. Turn, wait, in a good way? Or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like okay. she found like she like then she grew a relationship with right. the Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. Uh, yeah, I won't touch. I don't want to touch it too much. You know, that's my. No, 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 no. I got a joke about it and everything. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah. You never know what comedians, man. You be like, yeah. you joke about it, but I don't know about all that. Because there's somebody. Sometimes somebody go too far with it. Boy, yeah. you're like, hey, bro, wait a minute, okay? Because even nah, my joke man, don't go that far. Nah, man, she had she had weird choices in men, man. She she did, but uh, she would either date somebody like super younger than her or super older than her. And I was just oh. be like, what's? Why can't we find somebody to say? Hey, you know, like, maybe that's the maybe that's the breakthrough, right? Hilarious. Wait, was there anybody ever like in your age range or anything like that? Nah, 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 not that, not that yet. Oh, I'm gonna say, golly. Cause that wouldn't have been too far off for me. My mom's not that much older than me. My mom's only sixteen, so okay. she dated somebody way younger than her. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he'd be my age. But, <laughs> yeah, luckily my my step pops made an honest woman out of her pretty early in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd yeah. be out there. She'd be out there too, man. <laughs> Ain't no shame. <laughs> how was it uh growing up with a with a stepdad? I have a stepmom, so I don't have a stepdad. Yeah. But how was it like growing up with a step a stepdad? Honestly, it's pretty much, well, I can't compare it to nothing really, but I didn't know my real part. It's probably the best situation for him and me because there's no confusion. Like my real pops was locked up most of my whole life, really. So, uh, and I never had no contact with him. In fact, they could have lied to me. Like by the time I could have a memory, like he's always been there. Like I'm already, he, he was in my life at one years old. So by the time, you know, they told me I must have been like six or seven, right before they got married. I was about seven years old when they got married. And yeah, they could have lied because we kind of looked similar a little bit, you know. But that would have been one of those crazy ass, like, you know, like, uh, you know, like what we call it, daytime TV type reveals and shit. So yeah, they kept it real with me and it was cool. Like, you know, I, I'm i grateful for, for that experience. My stepdad actually, I'm sorry, my real dad, whatever, came out of jail, I think earlier this year or something like that. But, you know, he tried to hit me up on TikTok and, uh, or Facebook. It, it's not that I don't want to be friends with him. It's not personal. It's just I don't need friends that been in jail. Like, that's, that's a... Uh, you gotta wait a while, otherwise they they're pretty reliant. I don't. I, it sounds selfish. It's not like I'm mad at them or nothing like that. But I don't know if you know people that just got out of jail. They need a lot of stuff. They, <laughs> they, they need help, you know. And I and I I'm hope he gets it. I'm not saying I own. Yeah. I'm just not in a position, you know. As comedians, I don't care how good you're doing. I'll tell you like Kevin Hart or somebody like that. You can't just help people like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, especially living in LA. I can't, you know, you got other things to focus on, man. Don't worry about this relationship or whatever. <laughs> he liking videos and uh, you know, sharing. I, I appreciate that, you know. Yeah, so and then he, he sent me some funny videos. I'm like, you know, you funny, man. You, you just giving him space to get on his feet, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. Get, get on your feet, man, and, and maybe we'll be friends in a couple of years. But I don't yeah. need no friends that need that level of help. You know, what <laughs> I mean? that's a lot of help, bro. Like honestly, like man, I don't know. You know, you got family been in jail, or, or yeah, ever, like my my my, uh, my brother. I met him uh, in two thousand uh, seventeen. And like as soon as we met, he went to jail and he was straight asking me for stuff. And I was like, dog, like oh man, I'm 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 living with dad. Like <laughs> I'm on my books, dog. Come on, man. I would feel bad because I'd be like, Yeah, I got you, but then then I get downstairs and I'm like, Do I really want to get out this 20? <laughs> write that down. That's definitely a joke. <laughs> hey, dude, $20 is a lot. That's a lot of honey buns. Yeah, 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 that's a big deal. That's like a pack of cigarettes or something. That's like big time currency in jail. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> about twenty dollars. 
Dang, yeah, man. but now, you know, now yeah. but now like he uh you know he uh took some time to get on you know his feet he's doing he's doing amazing he's totally different and we have like a great relationship and like out of all the people like he one of the ones that is like uh, like all my shows like for the most wow. part like so like that's 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 my guy right there that's love that's yeah. love man no that's good i'm glad that you you know are you still you uh, i want to uh eight, you're in your 20s right somebody i'm 32. 32 okay so yeah. you but see that's the thing i mean it's cool y'all met you know it, it, we got some brothers that's different right but yeah. i just don't need because the most my pops can be is a friend yeah and i'm at the age i'm old you know i'm i'm, I'm mid-30s but i don't need new friends man I don't, yeah. i'm good like i don't know i i mean comedians is one thing i love meeting new comedians i love meeting comedians that have been doing it a long time who i don't know you know that's even but you know we're we're like there's a respect for yeah. the craft and that type of stuff but as far as friend friends yeah. and like you know i don't need no more man so yeah. no offense to pop but <laughs> you know I, I, that's always weird if somebody over 35 just met all their friends and shit. I'm like, <laughs> what? You, you can't keep friends? <laughs> I've had the same friends since I was like a little boy, like, like you know, say two years old or something. <laughs> yeah, like, man. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good on the friends. <laughs> yeah, you got, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to judge nobody that's watching. If you just met all your best friends last year or this year, yeah. Okay, but what are you doing? Are you stealing from people? What are you doing? <laughs> your friends keep not wanting to fuck with you. Like that's weird. Yeah, I I, I think when I, once I got in my thirties, I I stopped being stealing. Yeah, oh, like, being pressed. I thought you said yeah. stealing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what happened in your thirties when you stopped stealing? <laughs> yeah, but I stopped being pressed. Like to have friends in like my thirties and just was fine. Right. I had you know. No, but it's good that it's like I say, I love comics and like we there's a certain brotherhood, you know what I'm saying? Especially now I'm getting better at hanging out, you know. I mean, I don't know how the Columbus scene is. I remember um I went there a long time ago. Uh and of course, oh no, I'm sorry, I went with Batch actually not too long ago, but like to actually hang out with like local homies and, and got up at some spots. It was years ago, but they had a vibrant scene. I mean, y'all have like an open mic scene, all that, right? Like yeah, yeah, we have we have like mics every night, right? So you know, is it the same comics or is it like, like you know, is everybody moving around? It's like Cleveland, not too far. Is a um some people for the most part they gonna go somewhere. They go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. We don't have too many that go to. I mean, some go to some go to Cleveland, but for the most part they go to Cincinnati because it's closer. Cleveland's like two hours. Since he is like an hour twenty, if you if you're not doing the speed limit, you know. But... So. Yeah, so, so okay, okay, touch okay. that or we touch day in. Um, pretty yeah, like mic mics every night. Um, they're pretty cool. It's a lot of new comics coming in. I'm trying to get to know everybody because I just thought they was just there to watch. Like you know, right. like, so I don't be knowing who's who. Like usually I dip afterwards because I gotta go to work early in the morning. But wow. um, lately I've been trying to like stay out more and like get to know people a little bit more and stuff like that. It's a part of the job, bro. Yeah. It's like. I used to bring my wife, or she wasn't my wife at the time, to shows. But yeah, it's like that keeps me from having access. You know, if I yeah. see you with your lady, I'm not going to interrupt y'all. But then I don't, you know, just because somebody's funny doesn't mean I want to do a writer's room with them. I might want to talk to you and yeah. maybe have access to a writer's room. But because I couldn't get that like one on one time with you, I don't know if I want to be locked up for 12, 16 hours with you yeah. in a room. You know, you can be yeah. crazy, an <laughs> asshole. You know, so the more you do that stuff, you build rapport with comics. I feel like it, it's not it, it's not cool to think about it that way. It's not necessarily a business tactic or manipulation. It's just you you be yourself, and yeah. then you guys can vibe on some real shit. But then opportunities will come from that because yeah. I have most of the work I've sustained over like the eighteen years I've been doing comedy, bro, is from comics. Mm-hmm. You know, because of my relationship, because they know if I go to a club, I'm not gonna act crazy. Talk yeah, shit yeah. Or, or try to fight nobody, but some comics you don't know. They, they some comics yeah. are like wow. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it got to be organic, you know, and just right. uh, and fill it out. You know, what I'm saying like some. I feel like at least here, some some people be a little too pressed, but I just think they're just 
their age you know so um but yeah it gotta it gotta be organic you know um because like i said if i'm gonna be going on the road with you i gotta know if i like you first (laughs) right we in a car do you fart a lot is it you know what i'm saying you racist like let's figure that shit out before we you know two hours into a five-hour drive yeah drive back Right. Oh, shit, I hate this motherfucker. I'm actually going on my first uh road trip with a comment. Usually I go solo and we go we going word. for five hours. We're going to Chicago. So oh word. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So I'm 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 excited about that. Hell yeah. Is it yeah. Uh, who's drive is you driving your whip or yeah, I'm driving my whip. Oh, okay. See, you in control it. So they gotta get <laughs> your you know what I'm saying? Whoever's coming with you, they can't act up because I don't know how people do that. I'm I'm, I'm a control freak. I, I feel weird <laughs> if I got my damn car, man. Holy yeah, shit. man. I was like, my car is better on gas. So, you know, what oh, you, you got is, a Prius? But... Nah, you got I got a, a Chevy. Oh, shit. Okay. A Chevy? <laughs> yeah. Damn, what the other person drive? That's crap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that okay, okay. oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So, say. you said you've been in the game for 18 years? 18 years, but since I was 18 years old, so about okay. I'm 36. How did, how did you, uh, what made you get into comedy? Man, honestly, I wanted to become a better writer. I did like, you know, like I wrote little stuff in school and like for the morning announcements, we do sketches and stuff like that. And, you know, some people thought I was funny, which is rare. You know, I knew met something at Carroll City because we're very hateful. I thought it was a black people thing. It's not a black people thing. It's a Miami black people thing to be like very like like they would boo our own cheerleaders and make fun of the fat ones and and didn't really support the football. We have school spirit, so I thought that that was like black people. I thought that black people just have, but that is not true. I went when I went to Tallahassee and I would see FAMU games. I'm like black people have school spirit like. Are proud to go to a play, you know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. it's very Miami. So for people to say like, "Oh, you funny," that's really like encouraging from where I'm from because there's such haters. People boo everything, and just because you're from here doesn't mean you get respect. In fact, you get less respect, you know, than somebody that's from a different place. I remember yeah. my first experience. I went to Oakland uh, for the Bay Area Black Comedy Festival, and mm-hmm. every time they said a brother was from Oakland. Ah! Like, like they was a celebrity mm-hmm. every time. I'm like, dang, like, you know what I'm saying? Miami, they don't give a fuck. They like, man, what he? I don't know that nigga. Shit, you know what I'm saying? If I ain't make it, why you should make it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> that's the attitude of the type. No, I, mean, I love where I'm from because of what it, how it builds you up. But nobody who's from there can deny that it's like that. Like, there's mm-hmm. a certain level of distrust and and kind of, uh, you know, just hate. Uh, uh iteration type shit, but yeah, you, know, you transcend it. Uh, thank God, man, I, I transcended it and, and realized that I could keep some of the good stuff I felt like I learned from my upbringing, uh, hard work and, and you know, st- st- sticking to yourself. Like, there's a lot of Scarface principles who do I trust me, like that type of shit. Yeah, like, so there's that, but then also being welcoming to people and, and trying to be a positive influence when possible. and not blame other people for my situation you feel me what was those early days like when you first got started and learning and processing all of that and how did that prepare you for the move to uh california well shit, early on man i, I mean i quit it took a long time i suck i mean everybody sucks right mm-hmm. but i suck really bad like my first six months um i had no didn't know anything like right? nobody in my family is an entertainer. Um, I'm picking up mentors as I go. But I remember the first breakthrough I had was there was a spot in South Florida called the uh damn, it was um in Fort Lauderdale, uh not the danger room, some shit, the mental ward. It was called the mental ward, and it was a biker bar, and in the back they had a stage with a gong, and comics would fuck with each other, they would heckle each other. It was like like a danger room, you know how the X Men had like the danger room, mm-hmm. like. But there was people there. There would be people watching as well, so you could actually feel that rhythm of doing a crowd, but with high stakes. Like you might get gonged, a booed, a heckled, right? So mm-hmm. I remember, you know, going there and having decent sets. But I was trying to write like Rodney Dangerfield and 
basically, like that was I was trying to do like set up punchline, and I thought that's what the joke was. And then I told a story about going to the strip club to a, a to a homie. Uh, I'm sorry to to this older cat with my homie, and the dude was like, "That's funny. Do that. Say that on stage." I'm like, "That's not a joke. That's just." I said, what happened? And then I looked at Todd's shoes, my homie, and shoes was like, no, nah, man, you the way you said it was funny, and I was there. Mm-hmm. So say just do that. And then I started relying a little more, I finding my natural voice in that way. And then like would pick up little shit. Like my storytelling method is kind of I tell you the end in the beginning, because I hate stories where I don't know what's gonna end. So if you know I'm gonna get robbed by a Mexican dude, like I did a joke on laugh tracks on true TV. Where the punchline is, I'm gonna get robbed by this Mexican cat. But what you don't know is how friendly he is throughout the transaction. So in the beginning, you know the end, and then I walk you through the how, and I can do my act outs and settle into it because you already have subconsciously accepted that we know the, you know what I mean? He's gonna get robbed. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna sit here forever not knowing when this fucking story's going to end. So little stuff like that I picked up, particular to me. That's not, I'm not the only one to tell stories like that, but. Yeah, you know, I think that's the process uh, for for most comedians. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's It should be quicker now, I suppose. I feel bad. I mean, you know, because there's so much pressure to put your stuff out there. Thank God. Thank God. This is like 05 or 04, whatever. Like, there was no thing like that where you just mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, I'm a year. I'm a couple months in. Let me start putting my shit out. I'm like, no, nah, bro. If I would have put my first few months out there, whoo. <laughs> you know, it, it would have been they would have ran me out of town man i was saying i was put on a swami hat i would do a like a bit in tallahassee i would go to and i would try to read people's minds but like doing crowd work like mm-hmm. you know he thinking about his homeboy's mama's titties shit like that yeah. and, and <laughs> like but i'm acting like i'm reading people it was basically a johnny carson bit where you know what I'm saying but i'm reading the crowd mind thank mm-hmm. god nobody got that on tape that was so fucking stupid and corny but <laughs> It helped me develop my ability to interact with people and not be afraid of that energy. I see comics years in that still, if somebody say something, they always take it as negative or they try to attack them. And I'm like, not necessarily. You can bring that into the show or just allow it. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like, or sometimes it's it's almost like church. Somebody shout hallelujah. He's not gonna go, hey, bitch, don't. What the fuck? I'm in the middle of the word. You shot hallelujah. You distracted me, bitch. And they be like, whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, fuck up the whole word. Getting distracted. You know what I'm saying? As opposed yeah. to bringing it into the act and letting it. So I thank God for my development, man. It's taking a long time. But, you know, hey, man, I'm glad. I, I'm happy. You feel me? One of, one of the things you, you talked about, I want to touch on, was uh how you, how you write your stories. Is that is there more than one method or is that the one you just found to be successful for you? Yeah, it's the one I like. But, you know, like John Mulaney doesn't necessarily do that. John Mulaney, um, you know, he's a great storyteller. I think a lot of people love his stories. And he's got a very unique rhythm. Like, it's very, like, you know, he's not going to do act outs. My story, I'm a, if I can add a voice to it, you know, it would be weird if John did that. You know what I'm saying? It'd be weird if... Uh, Who's another great storyteller? Um, you know, a lot of white ones. A lot of white, great white stories. I'm not making it a black white thing, but when I listen to storytellers, I like, I love the way Kevin Hart tells his stories. My style is different. I don't think Kevin tells the end and the beginning. I think Kevin has a lot of, he's got to have a tagline that anchors a lot of his stories, right? So he's telling his dad's story. He's got the, all right, all right, all right. You know, he's um, coming in, but his dad's going to have a voice. You know, his dad. Like it's almost like a little play. Um, mm-hmm. Bill Cosby, you know, says, says I don't, don't want to offend nobody, but he, I think he's a great storyteller. Um, but he, in his day, there was allowed a lot more hyperbole in the story. Like when he's telling, talking about Fat Albert and how big he is and all these junk, they're almost caricatures. And I feel like stories have evolved to where the audience needs to believe that this is real. And that's always tricky. Because if you're too jokey at the top, I feel like nowadays, they can't buy in. they like, I don't know what part. I got to believe you. I got to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to know that the details you're running me through aren't superfluous. In certain, but you can punchline it and tag it to where they kind of, oh, okay, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just a joke. But in the reality, I'm following that this really happened. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's some comments that can't do that. I got a homie. When I tell you, he has the funniest story that will never be told on stage. He had a man, another comic. I won't say none of their names because it's none of it's not my business. I'll tell you off air if you want to hit him up and he can tell you the, <laughs> the you know, because it wouldn't be fair for me to do that. But uh another pretty famous comic, and my buddy's kind of well known, he's not famous, but he's you know, he's does he's working. Um, basically tricked him into doing a foot video, right? Like basically like tricked him into filming his feet and he put it on the internet. Hilarious. Uh, but when he told me the story, I'm like, yo, that's fucking fun because he was so frantic and he was like, Sean, this guy fucking tricks me. Sean, I, I'm, I'm fucking 40 years old when he did this. I'm fucking, I got two daughters. How the hell am I going to tell my daughter? You know, so this is the energy that he's telling me the story with. But when he's trying to tell the story on stage, it try kind of mimics his joke writing, which is very set up, punchline set up. So they're like, they're not in it. You know what I'm saying? A story needs that level of franticness. You see what I'm saying? Like where it's not so well put together. In my opinion, I can be completely, you know, there's probably another, another way to do it. But there's some guys that I feel like are better joke writers, like, you know, and structure-wise. And there's some guys that are just better storytellers. I feel like there's guys that can do both. I feel like Eddie Murphy, to me, is complete package. He can tell you a story about the cookout and apply characters to everybody, but then have a little more short-form stuff, you know, like like quick hitters. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe those weren't his strongest things, you know what I mean, his strongest bits. But uh, And he's obviously not as introspective as like a Chappelle where he's talking about the world at large. But that to me is not as valuable. There's one because I don't like I don't do it. But two, I feel like it ages because even when Chappelle, they compare Chappelle to people. I'm like, to me, he's more in a category with the Dick Gregory's and the comment of Mark Twain's, the people that are talking about the time they live in. But when it ages, you're like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. You know what I mean? Like, you know Dick Gregory's funny, but you don't know who Nikola Khrushchev is and who the first black mayor of Chicago was that he's talking, all this shit you don't know. You feel mm-hmm. me? And maybe, I don't know, maybe Chappelle stuff won't age that way, but I think years from now, people will be like, why is this dude, what's he talking about? <laughs> Transgenders, is that a big, we're all transgender. <laughs> Every, everybody got titty and dick. Like, why is this man, why is he so hung up on titties and dick? Like, we all got it. I got titties, I got dick, I got <laughs> one of the things that uh you know they they all have their uh artwork out there and i was uh looking it up you have your own art out there as well with uh your comedy album first of his name is streaming on uh you know spotify how did you come up with like that whole process and everything and how did you know it was time because like i want to i want to do an album but then like some people tell me like I'm too young to do one, so I'm trying to like. Man, don't listen to that, man. If you yeah. feel it in your heart, if God is moving you, do it, and then you'll be on to the next material. I honestly, I didn't like somebody approached me for it, right? Like uh, it was comedy records, which is bad. I, I should have, and, and I pray this still. Like I, I, I wish that I had more initiative to do things on my own. When I see what my buddy King Batch has done, and people who I've known for many, I toured with King Batch. He's my boss. Like he's texting me right now, making him telling me to do something. Um, but he was my little homie in comedy. He's two years younger than me. Um, but I remember, you know, just the fact that he controls his his brand and him getting to the internet game and like pumping that, pumping that. So he's in control. Um, and it takes bravery, man, to to put yourself out there and not ask permission. There's no reason to ask permission. I'm just catered to or I was given bad game when I started because I'm f- learning from guys who their era was you wait and ask permission you mm-hmm. feel me and so and some of that is still dormant in me and I try to fight it out of me but yeah when I made my album uh the guys at comedy records in Canada approached me because of another comic they worked with Forrest Shaw and they were just putting out these these albums but you know and I I'm cool I like how it came out I like what they did with it um, now, if I was in more control, you know, the live show, would have, I only had one chance to tape it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, there was no, and I wasn't in control of the lineup. Because I remember that night they had 
like four comics go up before me. It was open bar, crowds drunk. So I, even on the album, I got heckled a little bit. Nothing mad. Like I feel like it was it's still kind of fun. And there's stuff I would have maybe cut out because it had to do with the dolphins. And this is fucking, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's I'm in Miami, so I'm just doing certain things that might be colloquial or local. But yeah, there's stuff that I might have cut out if I had final cut. So I didn't have control of final cut. Um, but they were very fair with the money, they with the master. Um, and they send me like little digital cards for my shows for free in case I want to sell it for whatever. So they they were wonderful. I, I thank Comedy Records for believing in me. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, man. Hey, bro, if you there, there's no re like you can do it yourself. You feel me? Like yeah. you can get all that together, have a theater show as big as you want it. If you're used to performing in a theater, do that. This would be my only advice. Like I said, I'm an idiot, so I don't take my fucking. <laughs> but like I would say, do it in some place that you're comfortable. You do it. You've done it so many times there, or in a place like that, that it's not weird. You feel me? Like, cause mm -hmm. I see people film in theaters, but they normally perform in clubs. Yeah. And I'm like, well, your rhythm is different. You feel me? Like that. There's a whole different like. You gotta let them settle with the laugh. They're all staring at you. They laugh at once, and then they might clap, and then it's over. And you have to learn how to ride that rhythm, as opposed to a comedy club where you're trying to like create fires all over the like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. not odd if somebody's taking an order here because it's just you know what I mean. Like it's like you're trying to keep it pop, 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 pop. And some people get shit over here, and then it mm -hmm. comes back or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you're, but you're not. I don't know. There's a different level of focus yeah. uh, for the two. Or you might want to do it at a bar. Maybe that's your shit. You yeah. know, some people like tiny little art rooms or jazzy rooms. So make sure it's your vibe, be in control of the whole thing. And who gives a fuck whatever happens after that? If you really like this shit, that's the shit I'm on. That's why I made comedy, comedian Bible study. I like talking about the Bible. You know, I like talk to comedians. That's, I said, fuck it. it, it I can't fail. Like, yeah. worst case, scenario, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, even if me, it's just, that's literally how I start the show now is like, I trick my favorite people into talking about my favorite thing. Yeah. And that's literally what I do, man. We just talk. And because I'm tired of it, I can't do a sports, but I like sports, but I can't talk about it better than some motherfuckers. They just, yeah. and I can't talk about it for a long time. I'm like, all right, bro, after like 10 minutes, I'm done with LeBron James and these niggas. I mean, they're great. You know, I can't, I just, <laughs> I can't do it. You feel me? Like, no, nah, I understand. I thought it was a, a great concept when uh when I when I saw it and definitely uh, wanted to talk to you about it. How did you come up with the concept and um how does like you know your relationship with God like play into your comedy? Like because like for me, um uh, I used to cuss a lot early on. I don't really Word. cuss anymore. <laughs> um yeah. it's not because I'm not well, I'm a cusser, like you know, but like I like I don't know, on stage I really don't really do it so much unless right, it come right. like naturally or whatever and then yeah. it's like sometimes i'll be feeling bad like but i'm like when i cuss in the car i don't feel bad like yeah <laughs> because yeah. i like i know that's really i know that's like me being me like i got to a place like i give myself you know grace you know what i'm saying so but that's like it right there yeah. yeah but i but like i feel like sometimes like when you're on stage like you know everybody be like oh that's who you really are you know what i'm saying and right. it's like do you that part of me, I'm like, uh, kind of like wrestle with a little bit. Yeah, you know, and, and I agree with everything you said in the sense that, I mean, that is who I am. I'm on stage, like, I get to be me. And honestly, well, you know, and it's, please don't take, I'm not a pastor, no shit like yeah. that, right? Um, but so, like, this could be misconstrued as heresy. But I don't believe, I believe cursing or cussing is very much, a colloquial cultural thing, right? The idea of saying like there's bad words or good words, right? It's the intention of the word, right? Because really the Bible was written originally in Hebrew and Aramaic and then translated to Greek. And then, so there's all kinds of words in the Bible itself that could be offensive. You know, obviously you could read the semen, there's all kinds of shit. There's uh, what God says that Israel is like the balls of a, um, some comedian pointed that out to me. Because obviously when you do a comedian Bible study, you Christian, the atheists are going to try to bring up shit that's weird in the Bible. Yeah. A lot of stuff that's weird. <laughs> and, but like you said, if I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and I believe that Jesus Christ is redeemed, I'm set free from the law. 
right? So they're all the laws that are necessary. They're in Leviticus. The point of them is nobody sticks to them. Like if you can see the thing about cussing and being gay and all that shit is it's visual. You can see my sin or hear it, right? Or what you consider sin, like with my verbal shit, right? Uh, but the thing about your sin is you can hide it. But then that puts you in kind of not you particular, but that puts that person in condemnation and self-righteousness, which is mm -hmm. also a sin. You're mm -hmm. self-righteous and you're not relying on the grace that's from Jesus Christ. You can't do nothing to earn it. It's a gift that was given to you that you can freely accept. So me with my nasty cussing motherfucking that I can get on stage and proudly proclaim the righteousness of Jesus Christ because I believe. And mm -hmm. as he wants to work in me and improve that part of me. But what I do when I become self-righteous and I say I can't cuss no more because now nobody wants to have access to because I'm, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I've removed myself from a certain type mm -hmm. of nigga that I really like to fuck with. Like these are my people. Like yeah. I know that Jesus was like, y'all corny over here, man. Everybody he cussed out in the Bible was a religious motherfucker. You yeah. are religious. You are self-righteous. You are going to hell because you think that you can live out the law on your own. You cannot. It's impossible. You can't even get angry according to the law. This is what Jesus said. If you even get angry with your brother, you sin. And mm -hmm. sin is death. Sin is the wages of sin is death. You're going to go to hell, right? Unless you come to the Father by me, right? And he can love assholes. He can love you. He's, you're not what you did when you come to Jesus. That's the idea of sanctification of grace of the gospel of grace and this is what they kept trying to trick jesus into like even with the lady that like uh when she said she cheated on her husband and he said let he was without sin cast the first stone they were trying to trick him in legality because they say there's a doctrine of moses that says this this need to be stoned but then he preaches grace so now we're gonna get him no matter what he does he's going to be a heretic, right, or blasphemous. Because if he says don't stone her, then he's denying the law of Moses. So they asked him, and he said, all right, yeah, you can stone her. Wages of sin is death. But let he who is without sin, let them cast that first motherfucking stone. What's up? And he <laughs> could, nobody can do it. And what I love is that the oldest, this, and it's in the Bible, the oldest of them left first. The Bible makes it a point. To make sure that you know the old niggas said fuck that because they, <laughs> they can't even bullshit. Young niggas will act like they self-righteous and they ain't never yeah. done nothing wrong. Old nigga, once you get to a certain age, you're like, man, let me get my ass up out of here for this motherfucker <laughs> start telling my business because Jesus was telling you business. He was yeah. out here like saying, Oh, the lady at the well, I know your business. All right. And then he put it out there. So yeah, man, people who sit in their self-righteousness and, and make it like it's a separate life. I didn't really want to do the podcast because I know the misconception. Like, as much as I love God and I consider myself a good dude and, and comedians will come on there and trust me because it can be a touchy subject. It can be weird. You don't know what's about to happen. Am I yeah. about to try to convert you? Am I about to admonish your beliefs? Or what the fuck am I about to do? But the reason I built that trust over years is because they've considered me a decent person, one. And two, I'm not here to, like... I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Christian comic. There's a whole circuit for that. But yeah. I can't perform in churches, bro, because to me, the vibe isn't real. I can't perform for people that have to think before they laugh because then the, the genuineness of the laugh goes away because there's like, is that, can I, oh, oh, I mean, he said strip club. I don't know. I, he didn't cuss, but there's too much fucking thinking, bro. Mm -hmm. Fucking either you laugh or you don't laugh. <laughs> That's what I love about the club. It's dark. Cut the lights off. I don't know these motherfuckers. He could be a racist child molester. He could be a fucking Republican. Uh, Democrat. Who gives a fuck? We all decided to come in here, look at this motherfucker, and then the, the last of James. Okay, boom. Yeah. And now you can really reach somebody that didn't come in with an idea uh, or some presupposition about yeah. the world. And even just being a light. Like me not necessarily being Mr whatever like you know uh you know do you just be cool and you say i love this gospel and this is what it's done for me fuck all this fire and brimstone because you know that never affected me as a kid i'm like i'm from miami it's hot anyway <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i can't imagine no type of heat 
that I can't get used to. If I'm gonna <laughs> for e eternity, I have eternity to get used to the eat. You feel like you're not gonna scare me into loving God, but what they didn't really focus on was the benefits that you get from a relationship with Christ. So as much as yes, I curse less, right? And uh, I curse less than I used to, or I try to find other words. I'm, God wants to improve every part of your life. He wants you to have a six pack. I got a six pack first time in my life. I was a little flat and I ate some steak yesterday. But you know what I'm saying? I'm the most healthy I've ever been in my life. Jesus want to help you with that. He wants you to be a better businessman, a better husband, all that shit, bro. Like, and it's a work in progress. It never stops being a work in progress. Anybody that tries to lie to you and tell you that they are finished work, right, is a lying doll trying to condemn you from a relationship with God. And anybody that would say, I had a bitch say some shit on my comments about that. Like, oh, you can't curse and have a relationship with God. Well, guess what, stupid ass uh, bitch from the devil? That's a lie because <laughs> God has a relationship with everybody. Now, it may not be a good relationship. You can turn away from God. That's your choice. But God pursues everybody. He's in pursuit of you, Right. Look at the, he lives in 99 and goes after that one stray sheep, right? And that story is perfect because the 99 were self-righteous sheep that weren't going to move anyway. But he was using that to say that there is nobody righteous. He's after every single sinner, which is you. You admit it, you repent, and then improvement can happen with that grace in you. Once he's in you, then you, he moves. But once you, if you can't accept it, or if you're too ashamed or have to change up or be churchy, now nah, it can never really affect you. You see what I'm saying? It can't really grow in you. And it's just a show, a show that you do on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I did. Um, I would, I, I'm glad you, uh, to piggyback what you were saying, I'm glad you said, uh, like, they they don't know if they want to laugh. Because I did a show at um, Funny Bone here, and it was like a, uh, it was like a Christian show or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was cool. And But, like, when I, I got better laughs at my own church, I guess maybe because they knew me. But, uh, right, right, right. but, like, when I was at the comedy club, they was, like, kind of a little hesitant or something. But then... Like some stuff they surprised me at with they laughed at. Uh, I think I said something about like prophets calling out people. And uh, I said, like, a prophet said something about a girl having herpes and uh, uh, God's gonna heal you. And like everybody busted out laughing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I was like, I wasn't expecting them to, I wasn't expecting to laugh on that one. Like, I was like, I thought that was the one y'all wasn't gonna laugh at. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, how do you? Well, see, I probably how, just caught them off guard. I probably yeah. like, oh, shit. <laughs> how, do you, how do How do you uh, decide like which jokes? You gonna tell because my like my, my church jokes I don't I haven't told like at a like at a regular show you know what I'm, right. I'm 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 like they probably I don't have enough confidence in myself that they go that I wrote it good enough that they gonna understand what I'm talking about. Right. I mean, I would try to pride and I, and I don't mean that to admonish even what I said earlier. I don't admonish just like church crowds because I feel like it's the same dynamic in corporate gigs, right? Same dynamic where you know everybody. Yeah. Right. And you're like worried about the judgment surrounded with. So it's not so much particularly church, but family functions can be that same way. If you perform at somebody's birthday and there's there's relationships that you don't even know about. Yeah. Right. And that puts you in an unfair advantage as a comedian. So that's one. But me, when I'm preparing the set. Yeah. I mean, I try to price myself out of shit like that now just because I know I'm uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather I can make enough money doing the shit I like to do. I feel like, I, but I'm a professional to the point, and thank God that I've had to, to where if you give me enough money, I'll figure it out. You feel me? Like somebody had me do something for Dennis, and I was like, man, and I didn't want to do it, but I was like, all right, for this, I'll do it. Like, basically, I had to write a seven-minute set for dentists, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And they said the price. They said, all right, cool, and I did it. I was like, all right, cool. And yeah, because you're a pro and and fuck it, I'm a hoe. I, I work with some money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what you're doing at a certain point, but yeah, you definitely. If I'm gonna do the job, I'm gonna do the job. I'm yeah. not gonna violate a rule. If they come, if you do a prison and they say don't mention this, then my artistry goes. I've made a deal. You feel me? To me, the honor of my word is a little more. Uh, uh, has weight in that situation over my artistic integrity in, yeah. in that sense. Because I've made a choice. I signed a contract. 
boom. You feel me? If, if it comes up, it'll be the perfect thing to say. And I know everybody laughed. That's not the point. The man said, don't say that. Or the woman said, don't say that. And I agreed to it. And they're a professional. You'll do it even if I bomb. And, and you can't control that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying not to bomb. I'm trying to do the best I can with the set I prepared. But your job is to show up and do the joke. LeBron's job, he gets paid whether he scored 50 or he scored two. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? He showed up to the game. He, he That's the agreement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He here. He played. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't control the outcome all the time. So, yeah, man, I like your approach to it, though. Having your ability to pivot, um, one could say that that came from you being with the Bernie Mac and she's improv or just being an improv in general. Um, talk about the Bernie Mac and she's improv. How did you get into it and how beneficial is improv, you know, when you're up there on stage doing your stand up? Oh, for sure, man. I, I tried doing improv back in Florida State. Um, it was uh, a, mostly a white boys club. And I was, you know, grateful I came out here. I learned. Uh, you know, I was doing stand-up still, but in my free time, I would go to Groundlings, took some classes there, do the jams. And I was grateful to meet, like, some really talented performers. I mean, I got invited to be the black guy on some teams, and I was. I was on some white teams. And thank them. You know, I had great experiences. I learned a lot about the improv game. Um, I was on a team called Carousel, another team called, uh, what was it called? Um the uh, uh melodramatic where we do a lifetime movie on the spot and some other teams you know our play as a guest for some places and stuff and great you know but when i found the people certain people at jams i would be like look man let's just make a team right and it wasn't so much the first team wasn't everybody went black it was one white dude with red he was just cool everybody liked adam shout out to adam but not the rest of us the other nine were all black people Basically, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it was one, she was like Puerto Rican. But anyway, point being, you know, it wasn't even about, I just thought these were the most talented people at these jams. And we were always trying to play with each other. And we found each other funny. Like, I feel like when you, you know, are doing improv, a lot of it is cultural references, right? So just because, you know, you might not know who Meatloaf is from the 80s, right? So if we're playing a pattern game that has to do with meatloaf songs, you, you're gonna get lost, right? Because I don't know any references to the singer meatloaf. Mm -hmm. But if we're doing a run of Coolio songs and I just start saying another day in Gangsta's Paradise, and you might come back with, you know, Soul Funkified, whatever the fuck, we know some Coolio songs, at least enough to, to play this game that we're playing now, where we're naming Coolio songs or we're naming whatever, uh, Tupac songs in conversation, mm -hmm. um, whatever. You feel me? So it's like that to me is just more fun. And I get to play with my friends. We have a lot of the same ideas. They're funny in similar ways, but different enough to give variety. Because my whole thing too uh, with the team is like, you may not like me as much, but at least if you pick one of them, just like in Living Color, if you pick Jim Carrey, then you really picking everybody. Mm -hmm. You love the show. If you love that, my, my motherfucking Damon, I love Damon. I think Damon's the funniest one on the show. But that's still, I have to watch Jim. I have to watch Jamie. All these other people, Tommy Davidson, so that's some people's favorite, David Andrea. But it helps the whole. You feel me? Like if you even key in on one person. So it's really mutually beneficial for everybody. I pray that one of us, you know, that all of us, I, mean, I feel like we're all destined for great things in the business we can all work in the business um we're trying to develop a cartoon right now me and um mostly me and this girl gucci she's uh pretty much the does everything she makes the website she's the one that invented uh how to take an improv clip and make it palatable online a lot of people that's the death of improv is like i've seen some of the greatest scenes ever and then nobody will ever see it again because you know, there's, it wasn't recorded or it maybe is one of those you had to be there. But Gucci's good with using enough like emojis or things to create context. Or she mm -hmm. can find a moment that's funny by itself without necessarily needing the context of, well, what word sparked this or what happened that they're, they're referencing. Not as necessary. We can just see the funny in this thing by itself as a bubble. 
So, you know, it's um it's a great team effort, but we're developing a cartoon. Uh, in fact, shit, I'll pitch it now. It's basically called The Adventures of Bernie Mac and Cheese. We have not cleared Bernie Mac's name. We're trying to contact his estate. We may have to change it drastically if they don't clear him. But basically, the idea is like Captain Planet, like, you know, but with black improvisers. Uh, and the powers come from, you know, how improv, your, your imagination, you grab stuff and, and this is a gun now or this is a cup or whatever, a stick. But in the show, it becomes real. Like you mm -hmm. can really have a sword in your hand and cut a motherfucker's head off, even though it's invisible. Um, so that's our powers. Our imaginations are basically weaponized and we fight this uh, industry demon, this guy, he works, he's, he's from hell, but he's a, an industry head. And he makes these monsters like the first one we fight is a token Negro, but he's this AI black guy that's corny. And the way we make him go haywire is we ask him if Black Lives Matter and he starts going haywire and starts rampaging, trying to fuck up black murals around L.A. So we have to defeat him. And then there's a casting couch, shit like that. Things that are destructive in Hollywood, um, you know, we kind of that's the thing. We, we're attacking this stuff, but. Then we also fight regular whatever bad guys and shit like that. But yeah, man, I feel like it's fun. It's funny. It may be a little too edgy. It may cut out. I think I made fun of Ron Funches in the pilot. And that's that who who does that? You feel me? Yeah. That's like Everybody loves Funches. I think I said like the tantamount studio guy or the, the bad guys, like, oh, let's get one of those uh friendly dickless black guys. What's that? Oh, the Funches, whatever. I think I said something. Mm -hmm. That's not necessary. Funches, I don't believe that about you. I think you're a wonderful guy. Um, so sweet, but you know, that's that's kind of just a play on what makes white people comfortable, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They like it when you like that, you feel me? Like, it's many ways when you're giggly or you don't seem like a threat, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and it's not to be mean spirited, I feel like I still have some of that can live in color type stuff. Well, I don't feel like it can come off as mean, some of the jokes and shit, or even things we do on stage, or how we make fun of other whatever, like what ourselves, but that's just black people, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not personal, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't feel like, but we're getting to a place in society where it, everything is personal, man, because people's egos are inflated. Yeah, yeah. As we start to uh, wrap this up here, Sean, what, who, I'm really interested in seeing uh, who you pick here. Who is on your Mount Rushmore for comedy? Oh, shit, man. This is going to be a, uh, well, Obviously, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy, um, because you know, he's the guy that I watched as a kid that made me want to get into comedy. I feel like, like I said, he just does everything, he's like one of those the same way I pick LeBron as my favorite back because he can just do so much, right? He can, he can defend, do all this stuff, he can do impressions, tell stories. So, Eddie Murphy, number one, is that five? My Rushmore is five, right? Four, four, okay, good, good, good. Uh, I, you know, I, I got to keep uh, Bill off because people don't fuck with that. So I'm going to say Red because he invented the comedy album. A lot of people don't know that. Red Fox is the first comedian. And this is according to uh, what's my Cliff Nesteroff's book um, uh, about comedians. Uh, not I'm dying up here, but the one. Anyway, the dude, the writer referenced the fact that told the story how Nobody wanted to record their act because then they didn't know what they would do on the road, right? Mm -hmm. If you could already just buy my act. But Red Fox has so many jokes that he needed money. So he, on a, a album called, a record label called Do Two Records, they would do mostly doo-wop. He recorded the first ever comedy album and invented a party record. So get that black man's credit. Uh, they should have an honorary Grammy for him. In fact, the comedy Grammy for, uh, the Grammy for comedy albums should be named after Richard Pryor. I'm sorry, Red Fox, even though he never received one. Dirty motherfucker. Anyway, him, Richard Pryor, obviously just because he, you know, I mean, I didn't know a lot about Richard as a kid, so it felt like, you know, kind of a hack thing to say that, like, because you're like, oh, everybody just pitched Richard. But when I read his life and his story, his his transformation, how he went out with Red Fox to, like, you know, black clubs and nobody knew who he was. And that kind of really irked him. He, he was accepted with white people, but didn't want to just settle for that. And he reinvented himself, did the album Craps. So Richard Pryor, right, for having that bravery and changing comedy from like, you know, stuff like, oh, you know, I was at the doctor's the other day, blah, 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 to 
basically you have to write and have a take on it from you. And it's it's very personal. Uh, so I put him there, and then shit, man. You know, Rodney Dangerfield. Fuck, I love Rodney Dangerfield, man. I love his. You know, because even you have to do a Rodney Dangerfield impression. I know the writing seems like it's mimicable or very formatted, but he has so much style with how he did it. Um, sorry that I left women off. <laughs> Mom, Mom's maybe is great. Uh, a lot of great, you know. Amazing women. Lucille Ball is my favorite female actor all the time. Monique, everybody's great, man. I love, <laughs> I love comedians. I love it. My list changes every day. Love yeah, people. yeah, it does. So who's yours? I'm sure you answer this all the time, but oh uh, no, nobody, no, nobody really asks me. Uh, let's see who I'm feeling today. Um, I would, uh, freak. He just came to my head. I'll say Dion Cole. Oh, really like yeah. Bianco, just because, like, I would just, uh, I just, mainly because I like seeing his progression, like, how oh, he, yeah. like, kind of would come come off on stage. Like, I don't know if it was just the times, but he just kind of came off as, like, a bum. But now he kind of, <laughs> he kind of looked like he got, like, his life together. Like, I just like pe- seeing people's, like, transformation. Right. You know, so, uh, Dion Cole, uh, let me see, Martin Lawrence, oh, for sure. Man. I love Martin Lawrence. I definitely love Martin Lawrence. He the one that uh, got me into the game. I seen him run to that, and I was like, "That's exactly what I want to do. I want to do it. that." Greatest you know? host ever, man. That Devin, yeah. he he's a star maker, bro. Like that's a big fucking deal. I used to watch. Um, I used to watch the Def Jam when it was on Amazon, and I was watching all the old episodes, and I was like, "Man, he he was like Tyler Perry before Tyler Perry. Like he was really man. helping out like a lot of people, and he was really a good host." So. Man. I used to like study that a lot. Like he was, he really was really good with that. Um, uh, there's this one comic I'll, I'll say her today. Like, I don't think she goes by her last name, but her first name is Dominique. Oh yeah, I love Dominique, man. Dominique is so like hilarious to me. Yeah. Man. Like I listen to her, especially like on when she was like on the Tom Jordan Morning Show. Like, oh, I wish she would just call in, man. Like, Dominique is, like, so... I wish, like, more people knew where she is and, like, she got, like, bigger opportunities because, she, like, she is, like, just, like, hilarious to me, man. Yeah. Just super hilarious. Oh, I love yeah. her. Uh, and then uh, I'll say Marlon Wayans. Uh, oh, I'm at, Mar, Mar, No, I'm going to say... Yeah, I'm going to say I'm gonna say Marlon Wayans. I, you put I him on Damon? Damon? Damon was a decent stand-up, too, man. Still standing... He, he was, he was. Um, well, he is my fault. He is. Uh, I'm just now getting into Damon. There's not here's here's the problem with I feel like my generation, there's not enough footage out there. Uh, like I only seen like one Damon thing. Like, yeah, you can go on YouTube, but I think only on YouTube there's only like maybe two specials out. Like, there's right, not right, enough right. footage. So, like, it's like you gotta catch him when he's in town and like try to, you know, see yeah. and stuff like that. Um but I see Marlon, I see Marlon live and like the energy that he like exhorts on stage. It's like that's like crazy. Like he 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 don't he don't miss a beat. Like he right. I like I think I think it's it's more some people don't like his specials. I think you gotta see him live though. Like see him on on tape, I don't think it's the same as to like seeing him live. Like seeing him right, live, right, it's just right, a right. totally different like ball game. And uh, I, th- I think, like, maybe five to ten years from now, like, he might, depending on how he, what he talks about and stuff, like, he could be up there with, like, Kevin Hart. Like, he's really, like, oh, wow. he's yeah. I, he's really good. He's really good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like I got to check him out more, man. I, I've seen him at the ha-ha doing, like, short sets. But, yeah, yeah I've never seen him in specials. But, yeah, okay. That's a dope list, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, an honorary David Arnold to throw that in there. I was like, Oh, hey. yeah, RIP, <laughs> a great man, dude, yeah. hard working dude. Woo, yeah, man, that's a tough loss, man. That's a tough loss, but rest in peace. And you know, I'm glad that he was seeing the, the fruit of his labor right before you know that tragic, um, the tragic end. But I mean, to have those specials and and your archive, I think that's the most. I mean, obviously, you want to live, and he has a family. I'm sure you want to live and see, you know, grandkids and all that type of stuff. But yeah, man, just to be able to be archived is a great accomplishment for comics, man. Yeah. At least for me, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't want. No, to I, I, I agree. I feel like too many people be like, "Oh, I gotta wait till I'm 
year number 10 and stuff like that. I'm like, nigga, you don't even know if you're going to be alive in year 10. (laughs) So we did all, you did all these open mics and and bombed all these, all this time for for Rita to die tomorrow. And nobody even knew that you did comedy. Like, I just feel like that's, that's That's stupid. That's a waste, bro. Cause I love going through old albums. I listen to Slappy White. A lot of people know Slappy White is Leroy and Skillet. All these great comments from even uh, Wild Man Steve, like all these old Lawanda Page, and you like, if I could put something out and some years later, even one kid pull it out and laugh and go, oh shit, it, you know, maybe not everybody fuck with it, but you like, man, some dude in 3000, little kid, like, man, tires can be <laughs> that, that dude crazy, man. He's my favorite because he just want to be different anyway. You say, oh, yeah. that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. If you, if you happen to die, sure, I know you're going to be a big star if you, as long as you live. But, but that's why I that's album. But that's what I feel like. I feel like, you know, like, uh, like you can look back, like, I used to like, I guess just like seeing it growing up and you didn't, I didn't know nothing. So like trying to put reels out and stuff like that, it was kind of like, well, why would I want to put my material out? But then it was like, man, like it might not be the best, but it's the best at what I'm at right now. And then like a couple years from now, I'm gonna look back and be like, man, this ain't even funny. Like, look, like, you know, look how far I come, you know what I'm saying? So I like, like stamp it. It's a yeah. people like your audience will allow that growth, man. That's what I don't. That's what I need to need to come to understand is that the audience likes to grow with you. They like yeah. to experience you in that way, man. And and there's almost no other way to do it now because I'm still trying to. I'm very reserved. I don't like being, you know, that much attention. I feel weird, uh, like in a personal side. I like to be on stage and do that, but I don't like to, you know, the constant having to put your story. Even Batch told me one time, man, when your stories. When you see that line go away, you dead. <laughs> like, yeah. man, I'm like, damn, like I can't be that inclusive to my life, yeah. like or think that everything in my life is worth sharing. But that's how they wait. Yeah. So share that process, man. Don't be afraid of it. That people like to see, you know, uh your growth as a comic, I think, and they like to to find that journey with you and they'll be with you forever because yeah. you, you know what I'm saying, they have a personal stake in you. So yeah, man, don't do it like me. Fuck that. <laughs> I want to write a script about uh, just a just a young comic just trying to be a comic so people can understand like comics because I don't think they really I think if they understood it more we would be more relaxed and they would be more like involved in the process and they don't right. understand how much they're involved in the process. Right? Yeah, like a real life because you know no offense like Seinfeld. Or, well, I'm like I really needed to understand. I mean I know what apartments were cheap back then. But so is the pace. So I'm like, how this motherfucker just doing spots every now and again <laughs> and holding down a, a high rise apartment in Manhattan. And you feel me? Like, not having to do no gigs, not like no side gig. Jerry not even stressed about rent. There was like one episode where Jerry's like, I don't know how I'm gonna make the rent. Nothing. He just he just chilling. Y'all want to go out? They just travel, go to Miami, see his parents. Yeah, I like some real shit, man. I've got a job or and does comedy, they don't get no sleep and you feel me? And doing a bar, and then you do this, and somebody asks you to open like like, yeah, I would love to see that, man. Yeah. I think that would be a funny movie, especially I feel like we don't get too many like just black stupid movies. They come once in a while. Like white people, they get them all the time. Like I feel like that could just be a cool, like just straight, funny, just stupid black movie. Just like uh, just seeing that journey, whatever. I think I that. love a- that you said that too, because a lot of comedy movies or comedy shows like the one on Showtime, they try to be tragic or tell a tragic clown story. But I'm like, nah, I rather I want to see what you're talking about. Like yeah. funny, funny one, silly. Yeah, just straight, just like straight. I think the the last one I saw was uh the blackening, which was pretty funny. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Is that yeah. still a theme? Yeah, it, it is black, so it's probably out. But you know, oh, <laughs> but, it's, but it's but it's but it's good though. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, nah, it looked funny. It looked funny. I liked it a yeah. lot. As we wrap it up, man, what words of encouragement or motivation do you have for any comedian that's uh, listening to this right now? Man, look, guys, just keep the faith, man. And like I said, don't ask for permission, man. Like, don't wait for permission. Like, there's, we live in a society now where, like you said, you have this platform. You made your own podcast. You have your own channel, which is your Instagram or your YouTube. 
take advantage of that, man. Like, you know, the, the days of needing Simon Cowell to tell you you can sing or needing Johnny Carson to tell you funny, you know, it's it, they're over. So don't be like me. Don't wait on, you know, even as I make this cartoon, it's like, okay, I wrote it. How much money do I need to put in it to make it? And am I willing to do that? Like animation is like $1,000 a minute. Okay, I can at least make one episode and see what happens. You feel me? And nobody like it. At least I did that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. keep those benchmarks within your realm of control. Like you can like control. You can't control whether or not you get a late night set or don't tell set or something on TV. But what you can control is do I have 20 minutes of material that I'm confident in? Do I have a three-minute set that I could do on uh, late night that's clean? Do I have a 20-minute set that I could do with the church? So do all that. Stay within the realm of your control. And, yeah, man, don't ask nobody permission. Message. Um, <laughs> Sean, uh, tell people why they should listen to comedians in bed. Man, you got to need to listen to comedians in bed because Tyrus is the best fucking comic Coming up, man, he, he shows, he knows the game. He knows comedians. He knows what's up, man. So learn and, and, and just enjoy. You got the, the best laughs, man. You can really, uh, was that, am I doing good? Fucking, uh, <laughs> goddamn, he's a church boy. He got a good beard. You feel me? Like, what? Hey, look at that do-rag, man. So you, know the, you know the ways under that motherfucker's crazy. Like, so, man, fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst drop. <laughs> he can't use none of that. <laughs> so, man, tell people where they can reach you at, man. Man, follow me on Instagram, guys, and follow my podcast at Comedian Bible Study. Look at it on you. Look for it on YouTube. It's on everything that streams a podcast. So, Comedian Bible Study with Sean Grant. I got Jeff Dye coming up this Friday. Then after that, Ramsey Badawi. I got an, my first atheist guest, David Smalley, will be the fourth. Uh, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, and then I got Shang. Everybody knows Shang. He's on the next, uh, the fifth episode coming out in August. I'm sorry, September. Christine Little, Malik Sanan. It's, it's a great thing, but I just want to keep adding to it. I'd love to get you on as well, Ty. Hopefully. Maybe I know all my out-of-town homies hit me up on Instagram so I can schedule an IG live study with you. I'd love to do that with you as well, Ty. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll definitely be down. And, and if you uh, like today's episode, be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel at TYE Comedy so that you can see this live at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, uh, be sure to follow us on IG as well at uh, Comedians in Bed Podcast. Uh, you could, uh, stream us wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, man, hit up Sean for everything. Uh, check it, definitely check out the podcast. And Sean, man, we thank you so much, man, thank for... You. Uh, uh, I appreciate coming, you. coming up on here, and I, I'm glad that this podcast allowed cuss words because you broke the record today, bro. Oh, good, <laughs> good. I, I think the, this is the most time anybody mentioned God and <laughs> in the same podcast. Praise the Lord, hallelujah! All right, man. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. See you, man.